Welcome, everyone, and what a special episode we have coming to you today. We have Mr. Bob Kitchen from Maple Hill Golf. John and I reached out to Bob, and he was gracious enough to accept. We've also entered into kind of a unique little partnership as to where he's going to come on once a month to let us discuss anything that's going on within the game on tour or whether it's in the industry, how products are bought, how products are sold, the difference in clubs, shafts, what's hot, what's not. He's a very interesting man, and he has a plethora of knowledge. He's willing to answer any questions, so you can reach out to us at any of our social medias, and we will gladly ask those on future episodes. Within this episode, he's also offered up a very special offer, and I hope you take advantage of it. You will always find in the show notes how to get in contact with Bob, how to get in contact with Maple Hill Golf in general. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, sit back and relax. Mr. Bob Kitchen. All right, everybody, welcome back to Two Dudes in One Cart. I'm here with John, and we're joined by a very special guest. We're joined by Bob Kitchen from Maple Hill Golf. Bob, how you doing tonight? Hey, fantastic, guys. It's uh uh, pleasure being on the show and uh, it was great meeting you guys too so thank you very much I appreciate it so Bob if you don't mind I know you have a long history not only in the business and in golf in general uh, can you can you give us a a good background and uh, then we can kind of just jump off of that and we'll see where this thing goes yep yep I'd love to so I uh, 45 years old born and raised in West Michigan um, my dad and my grandpa bought the golf course that I now own with my brother, um, which has a store and we'll get into all that. Uh, in 1978, when I was born, they bought it. So, um, I, I grew up in it. I grew up around a golf course and around a golf store. And my dad saw the golf course itself wasn't going to do what he wanted as far as, uh, financially, it wasn't going to make enough money. So, um, he decided to get into retail. <clears throat> so then he decided, well, how do I compete with the big guys? So he said he had a vision of selling a lot and with a very low profit margin. And my dad's very much a go-getter. He's still alive. He's 73. Uh, he's doing well. He's out in California now. But um, anyhow, he just said, I wanted to sell a bunch of stuff and sell it cheap and make it, make the quick turn and let's move some products. And he was a real ambitious guy. So anyhow, in high school and college, uh, worked my way through and started selling equipment and then we got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And when he was running the show, we had maybe 12 to 14 employees. And now we have 60 full-time year round. And in the summertime, we have 110 employees and moved in the top three retailers in the country for independence and ship a few hundred thousand packages a year. And we, we, uh, we become quite a force in the golf industry and I'm uh, proud of it. And, um, we've done it the right way, you know, uh, um, sell a lot and, and sell for as cheap as you possibly can to everybody you possibly uh, can meet. So how, how much grief do you get from the, uh, if any, from the bigger, from the bigger stores, do you ever run into any of those guys or <laughs> catch any information or flack uh, from them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we have, uh, we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan, right? Grandville to be exact, but Grand Rapids, Michigan is where, where we're at. We used to have two golf galaxies here. One of them closed. Um, when Golf Smith was a business, they were looking at coming into Grand Rapids, and they didn't. Um, and then PGA Superstores just decided to move into Michigan, and they looked at Grand Rapids, and they didn't want to come here. 
they didn't want to compete with us. And we have two Dick Sporting Goods and a Golf Galaxy, and they have like a we're never undersold pricing policy. Well, they have no longer they have told their consumers we no longer are price matching Maple Hill because we consult for way less because we got a golf course and a driving range. We have other sources of income than what Dick's or Golf Galaxy does. So uh, we've caught a lot of grief over over the years. I could I could tell you a two hour a two hour segment on just all the stories about how McGregor closed their account and Tommy Armour closed their account and King Cobra closed their account and Callaway wouldn't sell to us for over ten years and uh, they've all kind of those some of those companies are out of business obviously but um, they've all kind of come to see the light and we've got a lot of drive behind us and we are now following a lot of the policies and doing what it takes to you know be friends with them but. Um, we like to sell stuff. We like to sell it cheap. We like to get the best deal we can. Uh, and we're very aggressive. Uh, we don't like to lose. My brother and I are, um, very much, um, let's find a way type of people. Um, so we, I wouldn't say we, I'd say we bend the rules every chance we get because we're just trying to sell stuff and give people the best, uh, value we can. Who, did anybody buy that from Dick's? Did did somebody go, oh, really? You Somehow you at a golf course uh, generate more money than Dick's Sporting Goods? <laughs> that they're oh. going to be well, yeah, all the, all the um, like any local Dick's Sporting Goods probably does close the business we do. In golf, we murder them, of course, but Dick's Sporting oh, yeah. Goods sells all sorts of sports, but Dick Sporting Goods as a whole is one of the top retailers in the country. So they're hard to beat. And they're the reason why all these companies have map and all the pricing policies and all the stuff. They're trying to protect their big national partners. And we can get more into that in a different show, like we were talking about before we started filming this one. But um yeah, the the local stores, like we we will sell it for so low of a profit margin that they literally are losing money if they match our price. So they just said, no more price matching Maple Hill. We're not dealing with Maple Hill. Just buy it from them. We don't want to mess with them. So it's become quite a – and I've hired two of their store managers away, and they now work for me, and they're really good people, and they were sick of um, losing to us, and they also love the way we do business. And Plus, they're just good people that uh, deserve a higher wage than what Dix can pay them. So I'm glad to have them. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I uh, had a similar experience. I, I got a new job, and I got tired of – this privately held HVAC company. And I'm like, who's these people that we keep on losing to? What is going on? Yeah. So yeah. I, I can relate to those golf galaxy guys just going over. We call it going over to the dark side, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've done whatever we can to uh, grow our business. And then once our business got big enough, it got a little more comfortable, but um, our, our mentality and our, our kind of way of doing business hasn't changed. Like we're, we're trying to like if if retail on a product is two hundred, we're trying to get it as close to like one hundred to one hundred and fifty as we possibly can. Like, how do we do it? What volume do we have to buy? What like lots of different things. Like, we we are going to find a way to save you money one way or another. And some of the companies have a really really hard time with that. Uh, like Ping, for instance, they're very much um, they want everything sold for the same price. Yeah. Um, but we're very much capitalistic. Uh, we believe in capitalism kind of the way the country is founded. Like we have less overhead. We can do it different. We've got different sources of income. We're just a different animal and we're, we're really tough to beat. Um, and I can tell you, I've thought about this numerous times as we, 
have competed in the different golf shows and different arenas. I, I wouldn't want to compete with us at all. Exactly right. It's a competitive nature. You're out there to win. It sounds like you guys are, you know, you're both competitive and you, yeah. you're trying to find a strategic advantage over the competition, which go figure every business wants to do. They want to find a competitive edge. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, with an 80 stall grass driving range, 18 hole golf course, we've got eight heated stalls. You hit balls out into the snow. Normally there's snow right now. There's not any snow, uh, but normally there's snow in February. Um, and then we've got two indoor track mans and four indoor simulators. Um, so we've got all those different sources of income. When you walk into Dick's Sporting Goods, Golf Galaxy, um, most most golf stores, they have one source of income, and that's you. Um, so they have to make every single dime they have to make comes out of you and your wallet. Uh, we're not like that. We have all these different revenue streams, and, and we sell a ton online. Um, not every golf store even sells online. Um, so we, we, have, we have all these different revenue streams, which makes us very different. So like... For instance, uh, the Bettinardi family, Bob and Sam Bettinardi, the guys that own that company, are have become friends of mine, and they're they're good dudes. And he's like, "Hey, dude, I want to sell all my stuff to one place, so it's only discounted one location. I'll tell you what the rules are as to when you can sell it uh, on your website and how you need to sell it, whether you need to sell it as demo or I want then you, at, at a certain time you can sell it as new." Um, and I need you to follow these pricing guidelines. And then once the, this time frame is up, then you can let it rip. So because I have relationships like that with Bob and Sam, like they trust me, I do it right. Their product's fantastic. Um, and we just, and they can just unload, you know, like the other day I bought 1200 putters from them. Right. So how many, how many places are going to buy 1200 Bettinardi putters? Like almost none in the whole country would do that or could do that um, and pay for them like immediately. So we run a debt free business so we can, we're different than golf galaxy or decks. Like they need 180 or 360 dating. Like I can pay you right now. Um, let's just buy these putters. Tell me what the rules are. Let's move forward. And uh, yeah. so we, we strike up deals like that. And it's, it's so the consumer wins, we win, Batnardi wins. It's a win, win, win. It's the only, it's, it's, a, it's the best way to do business. And we do that with Mizuno and Callaway and lots of different companies as well. But uh, Batnardi is uh a much smaller company, obviously, and pretty near and dear to my heart because they're really good, really good family. So yeah, I bet the manufacturers just absolutely love when you say, hey, <laughs> you know, my payment terms aren't going to be net 90, net 60. Like, who do I make this check out to? Yeah, yeah, that certainly helps when they got a end of the year, right? 2023, everybody uh, or most everybody had a really good year. And um, so they can take some losses at the end of the year and their CFO sometimes is like, take some losses, get some of this stuff written down and let's get rid of this crap, especially like last year's product and older stuff and sleeping out the closets and um, all that kind of thing. Used product, demo product, um, misbuilt custom product. You know, the guy ordered plus a half inch and he calls back and he goes, oh no, I wanted a plus one. Well, they already glued. So now what do they do with that? Um, we buy all that kind of stuff and um, it's all perfect. It's all got a warranty. It's all fantastic. But people look at Maple Hill and go, oh, well, how do you guys sell a Mizuno driver brand new for $169? Something's got to be wrong with it. Well, no, I bought about 3,000 of them. Um, and they need to go somewhere. And he doesn't want them. He'd much rather have Maple Hill sell them than he would. Dick Sporting Goods is like almost nationwide, right? Sports Authority, Dick Sporting Goods, whatever. Um, they're 
So if you have Dick's Sporting Goods, take your product and mark it down to 169 or even 199 It's pretty embarrassing for the company. Like, it looks like Mizuno makes crap, and you got a million places, a million stores you can walk into and buy the driver for 199 So Mizuno would much rather have one store selling it for 169 or 199 or whatever number we, we kind of need to uh, agree to sell it at than having 100 or 300 or whatever many stores Dick's, ha- Dick's has. So, uh, plus we do golf shows, um, which is all winter long. I'm going to Cleveland on Thursday for the golf show this weekend. So there's um, lots of reasons as to why they don't want it to go to national accounts. They'd much rather go to one or two small regional, you know, small compared to Dick's Sporting Goods um, regional stores and just let us um, um, come up with some rules and, and um, pricing policies or, uh, a kind of tiered down price as to how we're going to move the product and how long it's going to take us to move the product and and they can get paid on time like what you said, John. So I never, I, I really never thought about that of just going to you and, and how it looks at a national account. That's 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 pretty neat. Do you uh, understand it though? Yeah, I, I, and I think that's a uh, that's got to be a hell of a benefit for you, but at, at the same time, it's really a benefit for them because. They can just go to you and you can just turn around and say, sure, you know, I'll take them. And this is when we're going to sell them. Well, I can tell you this, Steve, if, if you've got, if Cal- Callaway had a bunch of uh, like old Epic speed drivers left, left at the end of last year. Right. So if you're going to blow those things out, like, let's just say, um, if, this is close. I'm not going to tell you exact, but this is close. Let's just say you're going to sell them out at 150 ish. Um, and that you want them to sell for like 249 is what you're hoping for. So it doesn't look so bad. But you're gonna blow these things out 150 bucks, and you've got, I don't know, they had like 1,200 of them, or maybe right around there. Um, you got 1,200 drivers. So if if you sell them to eight different accounts and you sell them for 150, I can promise you that driver is gonna end at about 169 because you just bludgeon each other to death with the exact same products because it's the exact same product through all these different stores. And the, everybody just beats it down to absolutely no profit margin at all. So right. if you if you don't watch and manage your business properly, your brand becomes the whipping mule, and all of a sudden you've got a Callaway Epic Speed driver for one sixty nine, and it's a really good golf club, right? Right. So it's so how how easy is it going to be to sell a Paradigm for four ninety nine or the new Smoke for five ninety nine against an Epic Speed driver for one sixty nine? Like, that's a bad look. I can promise you it's a yeah. bad look. Because people are like, well, if you wait two years for the paradigm, that'll be 169 Well, yeah. Callaway just so happened to massively overproduce that epic driver, and it was during the COVID thing. And COVID, obviously, was completely insane as far as what it did to the golf industry. So that these these regional managers and these big wigs um, from, from Callaway and Mizuno and those guys, I've, I've gotten pretty good relationships with these guys now. And... Um, they understand that they don't want that product hit at eight different stores throughout the country. They need to limit it to one or two and pick some key retailers throughout the country that don't really compete too much with each other and, and have different ways to move it, either a big uh, brick and mortar presence or a golf show presence like what we do. So they, they're pretty smart about it. They do a pretty good job with it. And uh, that's why they're pretty picky and choosy as to who gets the deals and why you yeah. see, you know, Dallas golf doing this and Maple Hill doing this and Carl's golf land doing this and uh, discount Dan's doing that. And why, why we all kind of get different stuff. It's a lot of it's just relationship based. 
Oh, for sure. And and no one wins with the race to zero mentality. Correct. You know, on the, the products that I sell, the products that anybody sells, we open it up to way too many. I mean, we have, you know, some, some key and, and target manufacturers that we represent. And if they open it up to six more resellers like us, like it's just a race to bot to the bottom and no one wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody really wants to sell Callaway anymore, right? All the retailers that if you bought it for one sixty, and all of a sudden it's at one sixty nine because everybody needs to sell them and everybody needs money, and they're all trying to pay their bill within thirty days. It's it's just ugly, and then everybody's like, "Well, the next deal." Nah. It's just because Callaway would have mismanaged it. So we've kind of lived and learned on that. So is Callaway. So is you know, I'm, I keep saying Callaway, but insert any company. Um, so. Um, we, we do a lot of exclusive deals. We just buy buy everything, buy it cheap, buy it all, and move it out that way. And that's uh, usually best for all parties involved. So, Bob, did you did you grow up? Uh, basically, did you, did you play golf in school and play on your golf course and work on that golf course, or what's your what's your actual your personal history with the game, other than the business side of it? Good question. So, when I was in high school, I, I actually. Picked up golf at age 13, even though I was kind of born into it. I, I was driving around carts and, you know, picking up range balls in the mud and uh, stuff like that at a, at a younger age, diving in the pond for golf balls out on the, out on the golf course um, <laughs> for money, you know, to help from, for my dad to sell them. But um, so that was when I got rolling. I started golfing at 13. By 15, I was pretty darn good. I had a lot of natural ability. Um, my junior and senior year of high school, we went to state finals. Uh, my senior year of high school, we got state runner up. Um, we lost by a lot to a, to a Catholic school out of Flint. Um, that was a golf recruiting school. So they, they were really, really good. Probably uh, we had a guy in the that, water. What's that? Probably something in the water there in Flint. Yeah. In Flint, yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't drink it. Uh, but anyhow, the, uh, State finals, yeah. So we had a guy on my team, Jason Hartman, one of my good buddies. He was really, really good. I was the co-captain and the second best player on the team. But um, I got all area, all conference honorable men, or all conference, all all area honorable mention. We took state runner up as a team, uh, so that was pretty cool. Tried playing in college. Tried walking on uh, at Grand Valley State University. It's in Grand Rapids. Uh, missed it, missed walking on by one stroke. Not that big a deal. I wasn't that heartbroken. Uh, my whole love of the game, Steve, was more the uh, chase, the stale. Um, I've always enjoyed that part of it. I've always enjoyed helping people. You know, like the guy that, oh, I swing really hard. I need an extra stiff shaft. And he's slicing the, the hell out of the ball. Like, uh, no, you don't, bud. The ball's already going right. If you have an extra stiff, it's going to go further right. So I've always enjoyed like trying to help people, fit people. Um, now I don't really do any fittings. We have I have a large staff of guys that is all trained on that. So um, I've been much more interested in um, the equipment side of it and the, um, the 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 thrill of the sale than I have the actual game. I, I love the game of golf. Of course, it's the it's the hardest and best game ever made. But um, that's kind of my history. So what? What was it like when you were when you were young and when you were thirteen and you're running around the course and you're you're watching your dad run the business? How yeah. what was that growth like? Was there a lot of I mean, how much ebb and flow did you see over the well 
decades to make it easier because we we know that golf has really been up and down. Obviously, we had a pretty big boom over in COVID time, but um, you know how did how did that growth look as you were as you were progressing and doing more work within the business? Oh boy, um, the the changes that I saw. You know, when I was in high school, which would have been like I graduated ninety six, so ninety two through ninety six. It was kind of still a nerdy sport. Um, it was, you know, I wouldn't say I was picked on, but I was kind of razzed a little bit by my buddies, you know, all the basketball players and football players and baseball players like, oh, you play golf. Then there's this guy that comes on the on the scene and that went by Tiger Woods. And that kind of changed all that. And then they're like, oh, dude, hey, you want to go golfing? I'm like, yeah. Oh, now it's cool, huh? Um, so that was, uh, that was a boom, right? That was a huge boom. And Tiger helped the whole sport and, uh, so much. I don't need to reiterate all that. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but our business, we kind of chased it and followed it and a couple things fell into place with eBay and then our website and then uh, hiring some buddies and hiring some buddies, dads and hiring certain things out. And, um, um, it just really lined up. My brother and I both liked golf. We're both very competitive in the golf industry as far as uh, we both got a retail mind and um, very customer service driven. And um, we just kind of took it and ran with it. And our dad said, I'm going to do this until I think you can do it better. And I'd say maybe around age 30, he said, right, I think you can do it better. I'm going to semi-retire and I'm just going to kind of oversee things. And that's still kind of his role. He just kind of oversees the the ins and outs of the money and the the general direction of the business. Um, my brother and I very much do the day-to-day operations with the help of a giant, really good staff. Um, but yeah, and then COVID, of course, was just gigantic. Um, it was a hell of a price to pay, and I I still think I'd trade off the growth for if humanity would have done better, and that wouldn't have been quite so crazy. Um, well, definitely. Yeah, that was that was ugly. I mean, I got a lot of buddies in the restaurant industry, and I was that was just disgusting what happened to the whole thing. And I, it was sad. Um, so I, uh, but it was great for the golf business. So we, we had a huge boom. We had to hire more people and all of a sudden we were just getting our ass handed to us and we had to try to catch up. So we were literally buying stuff and hiring people as fast as we could. And we did a really good job of managing it, you know, between the maybe eight or 10 managers I have in the store, we did a really good job and I'm very proud that we survived it. And, uh, continue to grow through it even 2023 we beat the covid year which is hard to believe but we did so we're still in the right trajectory which is i guess uh something positive to say through the whole thing yeah you think going through that whole covid process that whole experience and when you guys now that you look back on it do you think that elevated your business because you guys probably like you said you're trying to change things quickly. I mean, the world turned over, you know, on a a flip of a dime and you had to make some changes. You had to redirect your ship. Now we're kind of, I think in smooth sailing, knock on wood, did that just elevate you guys, scale your business to maybe a higher operating procedure, a different level in your organization? John, it's very interesting you say that because I, I said COVID did two things in my my humble opinion. Um, it sped up the future. It brought us the future faster. 
and it exposed everyone. Um, people that were doing it bad died. I'm not talking about li- literally. I'm talking about their business. I'm talking about if they weren't, if they didn't know what they were doing and didn't have a good handle on what was going on and didn't know the X's knows and know where their money was at and what their inventory was like and like what in the world they were actually doing, their business died. They, they were toast. They went under. Um, and then the people that did know what they were doing, like us, and were really trying and putting in maximum effort and refused to lose, um, we really thrived and um, gained a lot of ground on it. And I and what the reason I say it sped everything up is because I think that would have happened, but it just really fast forwarded um, the what was inevitable or close to inevitable. It just made it happen a lot faster. Yeah, you just and, got to skip through all the commercials, right? Yeah, basically, that's what it felt like too. Because we were working, I know I worked like forty something days in a row without a day off, and I was working between ten and fourteen hour days. Um, so I, I remember eating my lunch one day at six 30 at night. Cause I, I couldn't, I didn't, I literally did not have time to eat. I went in at 7am and I, I came home, um, around 11 at night. Cause we, we, at that time we got down to seven employees from the 60 that we have. And it was not, we, we still had to ship everything. Amazon and eBay were on fire. It was insane. Oh. You know, it's, it's hard to believe that it went. Arnie and Jack, Tiger Woods, and COVID was the next big boom in golf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we can at least thank God for Arnie and Jack and Tiger. The COVID thing was was brutal, uh, but we did some. We, you know, we tried to make a little lemonade out of lemons. We we did a deal where every five hundred dollars you spent in our store, you got a fifty dollar gift card to a restaurant to try to help out local restaurants. So. Oh. Uh, I called it a I called it a giving back um, um, campaign, and um, I had our staff pick out twelve different. We, they had to vote. They had to send in uh, restaurants that they wanted to support that were local that or the ones they knew that were hurting. So we picked out twelve different restaurants from throughout the Grand Rapids area. It had to be within like a half an hour of our business, um, and then we. Um, for every $500 spent in our store, you got a $50 gift card to a restaurant. So when you came in the store, you'd buy your stuff, you know, set of irons, maybe $1,000. You get two $50 gift cards and you could, we'd tell you what you had available and you could just take two $50 gift cards. We ended up giving back, I think it was over $8,000 in gift cards, $50 at a time. So, and it was in October. So that was, that was pretty nice um, to, that at least felt good that we were doing something to combat that that really, really bad situation for so many people. Oh man, that's so awesome. I mean, local, local business like yourself has a national presence, but still keeping it local and helping out the communities around you and helping out other fellow business owners. Got a committee on that. That's the idea. Thank you very much. Yeah. We've, we're hooked up with a couple of food pantries in the area that we, we support very heavily. And my mom is very much into that. She's, she's a saint. She's awesome. So yeah, yeah, we uh we try to do our whole goal and I hope people get this through their head um like the Maple Hill way isn't just to do what's best for us. We are literally trying to help the consumer, the community like I I tell our staff all the time we have a meeting once a month. I say with great uh, success comes great responsibility, right? So um 
when you do good, you, you have to give back a lot too. And I, my kids are 13 and 15. I have two sons. And I always say like, if you want a lot out of this world, you better be willing to give a lot because the world needs balance and you need balance as a human being. And um, so if you want, I always tell people I'm very greedy. And if, if I'm, if I'm very greedy, cause I want a lot out of life. I want a lot out of my life. I want to maximize everything. I want to have as much fun as possible, sell as much stuff as possible. So if you have that mentality, you also need to be willing to give all you got, help people, do good for the community, et cetera. And that's my, that's my MO. That's the, the way I live my life. It's the way I treat my friends. It's the way I treat my family. It's the way I treat my kids. And it's okay to want a lot. That's all right. Just be willing to give a lot. And that that's, that's a lot why we want to have you on this show and have you on regularly is, uh, we have a saying that we've kind of adopted through our, our group of uh, fellow golfers and our circle that we have is that we clap for others um, and we like to donate. We love to give back. We love to support each other. We love to support people like yourself, um, support their business and, and do as much as we can to bring everybody up, make that aware, you know, that awareness that, Hey, Bob Kitchen's out here doing this. Uh, you know, this guy's out here doing that. We, we, we definitely want everybody to know that. And, and I mean, I, I really appreciate and hear stories like that for, for, uh, companies like yours that, that do stuff for your, your local businesses. And I'm, I'm sure you guys do stuff for junior golf as well. I'd imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, my general manager at the store, his name is Jason Sanchez. He just, uh, for 2023, he won the state award for, um, growing the game of golf. Like I'm not even sure exactly how they word it. And then believe it or not, he won the national award. So at Maple Hill, we have the largest junior program in the United States of America. Um, we had over 2,000 kids in it this year, and that's a ton. You think about I mean, it's 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 hurting cats, but we have it down to a science. We've been doing it. I played in it when I was a little kid. My dad used to run it. Now Jason runs it. Um, it's funny how Jason does such a good job with it and such such recognition throughout the state that he won the national award too. So he had to fly to Orlando with us three weeks ago. Uh, Andy and I went down there for the PGA show and Jason had to fly down too for the, uh, to receive his award and to give a speech and all that stuff. And, uh, we're really, really proud of him. It's actually, he won one of the, one of those two awards he won once, like maybe three years ago, but this one, he won both of them, the national and the state. So we, we very much do everything. And we're also the first team for West Michigan and blah, blah, blah. But we very much, um, love the kids we know that they're the future uh of the game and the future of our business so we need to we need to do all we can to uh you know get those kids doing it the right way and teach them the maple hill way and give them the best value you can best service and make it fun right golf's just supposed to be fun steve like what you were saying we clap for them so um we do a lot of fun little events and ship in the basket win a free pop and just stuff like that to make it fun because it's that's all it is like point zero 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 one percent or whatever the hell goes on to actually do something with golf and the rest of us are just chopping it around and drinking a beer and having fun so let's just make it fun at a young age and make sure they understand that's that's what it's all about you know you're gonna make i'm gonna have to add an applause button on here because that, that that is remarkable uh we we were trying to set goals but i don't it'll take us a long time to get to that <laughs> well Keep keep trying, baby. Oh yeah, we're we we're not gonna stop trying. Uh, I I have one, I have one question I want to ask Bob. Is there anything you would rather do than what you're doing today? Boy, that's a great question. 
Somebody asked me that a long time ago. Um, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I think I'd want to work in a school. I think I'd want to be a teacher or something to help kids. Um, I, I, that's that's kind of where my passion's at. I love I love kids. I love humans. Um, but I I help a lot of my staff and I help a lot of customers and I've I've the friendships and all the the cool things I've done in my life. I don't think I, I could have done if I was working in a school like. I got to walk 18 holes with Tiger Woods during the WGC Invitational, and I got to walk 18 holes with Camilio Villegas and Kenny Perry one time as well, and um, I got to play Pebble Beach a couple times. I've um, got to I, I've, the things I've done in my life. I, I, I they're unbelievable, and um, I'm so fortunate and so blessed. And I work for me, so that's. Um, I heard he's good. a good guy to work for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can be. <laughs> Don't catch him on a Monday. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> today's Monday, but um, it's uh, it's such a challenge every day, right? Because if anything goes wrong, it's your fault. And if anything goes right, it's your fault. So um, now, and, and sometimes you... it's sometimes it's not my fault. Sometimes my staff messes something up, and I got to go fix it or at least deal with it. And uh, but it's beautiful, and I've got such a beautiful staff, and they've all got families, and they all got kids, and I love all those people, and. Um, I want to do right by them, you know, so I'm very proud of what we do and how we do it and um, treating our staff right and keeping them on long term and making sure that they feel appreciated and all that. That's that's kind of the ultimate goal. And I so I guess I I guess that's a long answer to your question, but I, I do something in the service industry or something with kids. But I really, truly love what I do. And I people say work, you know, I don't really work. I, I, I enjoy going to work. It's it's. 19 days out of 20, it's really quite fun, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's kind of like a lifeblood for you, right? It's almost second nature. It's what you you breathe. It's, yeah. going, through your, it's going through your veins every day. Now, yeah. with this, um, this awesome business that you guys have, I've bought stuff off your website before I even <laughs> knew who Bob Kitchen was, right? Just because it was an easy experience for me online. Wham, bam, done simple trackings right in my email great stuff right now you're got a lot of hours in you know you guys have this nice business what does that do on your golf game or the level of rounds you know the amount of rounds that you get to play in a year <laughs> oh john that's a good question the uh the amount the amount of golf i play is enough I'll word it that way. Um, I do still love the sport. I no longer feel like I'm have to go out and shoot 76. And so I'll go out and once in a while shoot a 78 or, you know, I play in a league, so I shoot, you know, 37 to 39 sometimes. And so a lot of times I'm shooting 42 and 43. And sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I'll shoot 44 or 45. But um, I, I really take it for what it's, what it is, right. I've got a 15 and 13 year old. So, my number one job is um, being a dad. Uh, my number two job is helping a staff of 60 people all, all perform their job well. And then my number 10,171st thing that I care about is being good at golf. Because um, there's a lot of other things in between there that really matter more to me. Um, 
So I, I love the sport. I love that you can play it outside with your friends and you get to actually spend two hours and laugh and, you know, talk, talk a little crap to each other and razz each other and, uh, uh, all the laughs and all the all the friendships and and fun stuff that that comes with golf. It's that's what's so beautiful about golf. You know, people that just play it and get upset and frustrated, and it takes too long, and the group's too slow, and the why is it cloudy? And eh, eh, like they don't get it. They don't get it. They they maybe maybe they never will, and maybe they weren't supposed to. And if everybody got it, maybe it'd be boring. But um, if you um, get it and appreciate it, it is. It's the most beautiful thing. And there's nothing. You just think about a summer day, 75 degrees, three-mile-an-hour wind at your back, the ground's firm, the ball's rolling, the greens are in good shape, like, and you're going to go out and play 18 holes with three of your best buds on a, on a course you like. Tell me what's better than that. Oh, man. So that kind of brings up a follow-up question. So I <laughs> love that you said, you know, out with the, out with the buds, you know, maybe a little bit of – poking maybe a little bit of trash talking mm -hmm. so a perfect round for you let's say you got three of your buddies you guys you know you're kid free so, you know somebody's filling in for you at work what does that round look like for you i mean are you guys just going out and playing a everybody playing their own ball for 18 holes are you guys going to get a little skins pin action going in the group maybe a little stableford points i mean what what does that look like so steve and i you know yeah we get full-time jobs we get it he's got kids i don't that i know of and yeah. um you know we like to go out and if we play for a dollar or 20 bucks we yeah. don't really care we're out there talking crap to each other laughing right. have the tunes on maybe have a couple cocktails that's it. And we just enjoying it, right? The, the the $10, the $15 at the end of the round that we owe each other is more bragging rights. Is exactly. that something similar exactly. for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm just trying to play for like a 10, 10, 20 or a 10, 10, 10 or something like I don't want to lose friendships over golf. Uh, it's not worth that. Sometimes we just play for a beer or drink afterwards or appetizer if we're going to have some dinner or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that, I I I think I'd fit in with your group well with what you just said. Um, and well, it my depends on how many strokes you're willing to give us. But yeah, you probably <laughs> yeah. I I uh, I have more of a vanity handicap than a sandbag handicap. I I don't turn in scores. I don't get on the app and download all that and do all that. Like a pretty low technology. Um, and I and I just well, I'm not going to concern myself with. Well, did you enter in your 86 today? No, because I don't care. And I never will care. And whatever it says is in the machine is fine. It's probably backwards because in league they somebody gives you a putt, you have to write down the score. So it's probably more of a vanity handicap than it is a legitimate like what's your handicap? I was good once upon a time. I no longer willing to put that time and effort into it like I um, once did because my kids are way more important to me than um, hitting range balls. Um, but. I still under I still respect the sport and I still love it and I still am a man so I'm still trying to compete like like any man that still has some testosterone flowing through their body which I I do so um, but like I say yeah I, if I lose or win like ten bucks or five bucks or a dollar or twenty or whatever uh, it's more about like hey dude I got your money right here uh, I'm gonna go and I have money tacked in my office that's all just jokes and funny bets that I made with people and I make them sign it and. 
um, it's, it's just more so like, Hey, there's your five bucks. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> like it's, it's just fun. Bob, I got a question about since you're up there in the, uh, state of Michigan and you guys are blessed with, Oh God, numerous, fabulous courses all over the place. That's a fact. What if, what course, give me two courses, one that's a hidden gem and one that's just, it's just a must play. No question. Well, I'll tell you the answer everybody wants me to say. Yeah. I know. Um, so the, to the must play one as the best is <clears throat> everyone thinks Arcadia Bluffs is just the absolute best. Arcadia Bluffs, Tita Green is about as good a course as you're going to play. Uh, have you guys played it or no? I have not. Okay. You've heard of it though? Oh, yeah. I, I figured you were going to go there, but I'm sure there's another. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Arcadia Bluffs is what everybody talks about because it's right on the water and it is it is beautiful, in my opinion, because um, I've played a lot of really cool places. They ruined it with the greens. The greens are overdone. Uh, the day I played it, I had six three-putts and a four-putt, and I'm actually a pretty good putter. Um, they, I, I like a challenge. I'm not like a – I'm not a complainer at all. I don't like – nobody likes a complainer. I'm not a complainer. But I like a challenge, but unfair is unfair, and crazy is crazy, and that place is crazy. Um, and Tita Green is so good. I my I always tell people they ruined it with the greens. The course is great, and it is great, and the view is great, and I would tell anybody to go see it because you should go see it because it's so good. Uh, but I'll tell you this. My number one and number two in the state of Michigan that I've played that are public are uh, Bay Harbor and Forest Dunes. Can't be oh. beat. Okay. They're absolutely beautiful. They're playable. The greens are reasonable. Forest Dunes has as good of greens as Oakland Hills or Pebble Beach or Baltusrol or some of the other courses I've played that are so good. Forest Dunes' greens is, is literally as good as a as I think can be made on planet Earth. Uh, Bay Harbor covers more waterfront than I think it's Pebble Beach. It's, it's up and down Lake Michigan. Uh, it sits up on a bluff. And the greens are reasonable. They got three nines there. Two of them are really, really good. The other one's still good. Um, so those those would be my that's my answer to your must play. Mm-hmm. And then hidden gem. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up because I just played it this fall and it's fresh in my mind. Um, near Muskegon, Michigan, which is really not that nice of an area. There's a but this course is unreal. It's called Stonegate. Uh, my buddy Dave Dix is the is the pro there. And I heard people talking about it, and I heard people talking about it, and I thought it was kind of a rinky-dink thing, and my buddy has a cottage like maybe 20 minutes from there, so we decided to go play Stonegate. So show up there and get on the first tee. I'm like, this is actually pretty nice. Second hole, I'm like, this is this is quite nice. Third hole, I'm like, this is sweet. By the fourth hole, I'm like, holy cow, I can't wait to see the back nine. And the back nine's phenomenal, too. It's very much like a Pilgrim's Run. Uh, anybody that knows Grand Rapids might know Pilgrim's Run also. Um, so Stonegate is awesome. Pilgrims run. If, if you're in our area, they're both within 45 minutes of Grand Rapids and they're just awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. I've, I've played Stonegate once on my way up, uh, okay. kind of like a little detour up to Traverse city. One of my buddy mm-hmm. has a lake house on Elk Rapids and, uh, yeah. it was like you said, a hidden gym is probably the best way to explain it. Cause I didn't yeah. see a lot of advertising or marketing on any of the you know pga top 100 or any of that and we got there and we we're like 
damn, this feels like a country club vibe. Like the views are good. They got a ton of water on the course. And there's something about playing Michigan golf in August. Yeah. The air in the, the but box. it didn't, it didn't beat the crap out of you though. Right? No, I mean, it was a friendly course. Like I beat yeah. the crap out of yeah. myself. Yeah. That's natural. But I don't think John, that anybody really enjoys paying, um, in Stonegate's not that expensive. Let's just say it. And I don't think many people enjoy spending 125 hours to go and get punched in the face for four and a half hours. Um, I mean, that's how it was for us when we went up and played Harbor Shores. I used to live up close to that course is nuts. I played new, you know, I was five minutes from new Buffalo on the other. I was in Indiana, but five minutes on the other side. And we, you know, I played Harbor Shores. They had good shoes up. We could play that course for 55 bucks, but we went up last year and played it for what it was, what it cost. It's like, you know, unless we played four tees, it probably wasn't fun for a group of 16 people that were mixed a handicap from 24 to, you know, scratch. I would say maybe four people probably really liked playing it from the tees that we played at <laughs> yeah, 60, yeah. 69. Yeah. Yeah. Though, then again, tee to green, it's a pretty good course, but on the greens, it's just crazy. That 10th hole is probably the worst green I've ever putted in my entire life. Yeah. I love putting and then having to chip again. Yeah. That's what I said. On and two and two putt for five. <laughs> well, Bob, we're really, uh, we're, we're, we try to, uh, keep track of everybody's time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I want everybody to know that we're going to bring Bob on, on a, at a monthly basis. And, uh, cause he has so much knowledge, been in the business as you've heard for years. Um, and I, I really appreciate it. I know John appreciate it to be able to sit down and talk with you and give our audience all the information they want. Uh, I'll try putting out some questions and see if we can get some, uh, some bites on that. And uh, again, I, I just really appreciate you coming on. And is there anything that you would want to leave everybody with um, just in general about your history in the game or anything, even about the company, about getting a hold of you, um, buying clubs, what to look out for, what not to look out for, just should they just reach out to the company and say, Hey, th- this is what I'm looking for. What can you do? Well, um, Thank you guys for having me on, first and foremost. Uh, when you guys tell me what you're doing and kind of what direction you're going in and kind of what your MO is, you, you, I think you guys are, like, good dudes. You line up with my, I guess, morals and views of how things should be. And I'm not just talking about golf. I'm talking about life, like, that's which is way more important than golf, right? Um, so thank you guys both. Um, and, if yeah, people, if you want to lob it out there and ask people what they want to hear – you know, me or us talk about or discuss on this, I, I'd, I'd be very open to that. You know, I'm, there's almost nothing I won't talk about as far as like why companies all um, force you to sell stuff for the same price online or what, what, what companies are really like or uh, what their policies are, any of that kind of thing. Like I, I can't get in trouble. I'm just telling the truth. I can't get in trouble. So I'm more than happy to discuss a lot of that stuff. Um, so um yeah, I guess if people want want any feedback like that, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, you asked something else, and I had had on the tip of my tongue. What else did you ask? Uh just in oh, general, how to get a hold of me? How to yeah. get a hold of me? So I'll I'll even go this far. Put this out there that if anybody's looking for clubs or product or questions or any of that kind of thing, I'm a really busy guy. But my email is Bob 
at maplehillgolf.com. And if people are saying like, hey, what about this? What about that? Um, I either will answer you or I'll forward you to one of my staff that would know the answer better than I would. So I'm willing to take on anyone and everyone. Um, there's still a lot of counterfeit golf clubs out in the world. There's people buying counterfeit golf clubs every single day off websites and eBay. And if it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Um, so if it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And I hate seeing people that work hard for their money get taken advantage of. And that means buying counterfeit clubs, buying um, the wrong thing, spending more money than they need to, um, getting fit at club champion and thinking you need to spend $3,000 for irons or $1,200 for a driver. You don't. So send me your fitting sheets. I'll help you out. We'll save you money. Uh, and I'm more than happy to help anyone and everyone. Like I say, I'm very busy, but I'll get to you within 24 to 48 hours. If it's a weekend and I got a golf show going on, it might not be until Monday or Sometimes even Tuesday, I was plowing through emails today, but I'm willing to help anybody and everybody just send them my way. And we'll, we'll talk more about that on the next shows. But um, for now, we'll just use my email and let's let it rip. Hey, Bob, do you think um, you can help me out? I mean, I think I just spent $4,200 on a Circle T Scotty Cameron and I, I still three putt. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you know what the problem is. Yeah, it's a it's a loft problem, and I I don't have to spell that out for everybody. Lack lack of talent. Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear you. Well, Bob, again, we appreciate it, and folks, I hope you enjoyed this. And like I said before, we're gonna have Bob on regularly, and I'll put some feelers out for questions. I'll put Bob's information in the show notes, and uh, Bob, we'll uh, do it again here on Two Dudes in One Cart. We appreciate it, and you guys uh, have a great night. All right. Thank you much.